Because when that thing stops fucking ticking, that's when I'm <laughs> no, ready to go. No, I have to turn that thing off. Okay, so am I ready to go now? Yes. Okay, so. All right, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of the Sound and Logic podcast. Here's your host, Ryan Schofield. And with me, as always, is... James Clark Lang. James Clark Lang, who's just in his happy zen zone right now. Um, and I'm kind of in mind right now, you know. It's... Uh, it's been a nice dramatic 10-day turnaround we've had here. Um, feeling great. Uh, I kind of really feel like I've really put a lot of things behind me, which is what I plan on talking about a lot with this one. And as unfortunately as I do, the way that I'm wired as a person is that as I take care of future stresses, unfortunately I start seeking out other future stresses, <laughs> or maybe I start preparing myself for some of those. And James, we're in the middle, basically, like the first third of August is almost over. Like... This summer, this whole little, you know, experiment, I guess we would call this summer, it's almost coming to an end. Is it? I mean, it's, you know, let's face it, the way of life really, I mean, this has been, obviously 2020 has been such a different, different year. <laughs> and it's <laughs> for a lot of reasons, but um, mm-hmm. kind of like right now is that we've been able to hide ourselves behind the fact that, that it's summertime right now. So you're able to get lost in, you know, for, for you, you're somebody who enjoys watching sunri- sunsets and sunrises. Do you do that in the wintertime too? Mm-hmm. Okay, but is it as much as fun and enjoyable experience going outside at 4.30 in the morning? Uh, you know, like Probably more so. Really? Yeah. En- enlighten me on that one. Uh, well, you feel the body more. Okay. That's what the cold does. It makes you feel everything. Mm. Right? So instead of resisting it, if you just feel it, it's not nearly as bad. And then you don't get affected by the cold as much and so other people are bitching about how cold it is and it just doesn't feel that bad to you because you let your body adjust mm-hmm. so I would look at it as a different way I would look at it as that I get numb to it um, and honestly where as somebody who used to work outside all the time I used to love people complaining about the cold because it would make me feel superior to them when I would say well I don't really notice it because uh, to an extent cold is a mental aspect to me well to me I feel like it's just not acclimating yourself to the patterns of the world Mm-hmm. So as I would go, is that like, okay, the idea being that you can always put a layer on, but with the heat, you can only take so many layers off. And like, I will start saying that the difference between 100 and 110, you know, they can be fatal differences. Um, the difference between, once you get below 20 degrees, there's really no fucking difference. It's all the same. I don't know if I agree with that. Well. Um, but with the heat, you, you can actually put more clothes on. That's beneficial. Oh, to, to induce sweating? Layers. Yeah, you, you hold your moisture and then you create layers because air is a fantastic barrier, right? So you put layers on. That's why in the desert um, they wear all those clothes because it creates multiple air layers that help to keep them insulated against the heat. So I definitely knew so I used to do some like, you know, some odd jobs once upon a time in the summer times that the guy would tell me we would eat lunch and you would want to eat like, yeah, I got a hot turkey sandwich. I'm like... Mm-hmm. What? He's like, yeah, you want to eat hot foods on a hot day. And I'm like, that makes no sense to me. He's like, oh, you're... No, well, at, at the time, it didn't make any sense to me. Now I kind of got it. It's because you're like, you're kind of forcing that core temperature to release out. You're, you're you know, inducing that. Um, just something I kind of discovered throughout my time, too, is that someone who played lacrosse, um, I was always thought that for sure lacrosse had to be the smelliest sport of all because you're wearing all this equipment and you're wearing it in the, in the, in the heat. And my father, who worked as an equipment manager, told me, no, hockey is a more smelly sport because you're actually on a sheet of ice and your body uses its ability to sweat and create heat as a, you know actual heating mechanism while you're out there. So you're combining that with physical activity. But uh, all right, well, so that's where we're going there. I mean, the summertime, though, again, is once you get to the August part, I, I kind of start seeing the victory lap in sight. And for me, this has been, again, documented throughout this entire podcast, has been a very, very... I mean, every summer should be important, but this one I feel like has been the most important because usually around this point in time, again, when this whole thing started was when I saw the potential meltdown coming and whatnot, and I wanted to do something about it. And to be honest with you, I really haven't done much about it other than just be aware of it. And now I'm at the point of the year where this would probably be the time where I'd be starting to, you know, hit my bottom, I guess you'd probably call it, or something would happen. I feel on top of the world right now. Um... Me too. Just a simple, I mean, <laughs> just some simple things where it's like, again, where it's like, you know, I never really considered myself to be a material person, but you know what? I went out and I bought a bunch of shit this weekend and I feel really fucking good about doing it. Like, you know, like I now kind of can say I've put the past, I don't want to say completely behind me because I still 
am part of this, but I don't wake up in the same room I used to wake up in. I don't get into the same car I used to get into. Like everything is like slightly marginally different. And because of the new circumstances in my life, it's caused me to be more efficient in, you know, in doing things where it's like, okay, I used to just be like, I'm just going to waste time and then go to work. And now it's like, well, you don't have time to waste because you have to drive to get there. So what can you do to maximize your efficiency while you're doing this? Okay, well, it's caused me now more to communicate with people directly because I'm not going to text and drive when, hey, I can just call them. I got a half an hour. I can talk to it for a half an hour. Or listen to a podcast when I'm focusing on one thing and one thing only, you know, driving out here. And to be honest with you, I don't even really care that, you know, like we went through some more listening numbers on here. And again, I do get feedback on these episodes and I appreciate every bit I get. But, you know, until I can tell people going, hey, I'm too busy living life to listen to your podcast right now. Because I know the time is going to come where all these things that are being that we use as pastimes, they're going to start disappearing. <laughs> yeah. It'll be winter again before we know. Yeah, winter is coming. It's, the, you know, the old, it's, it's always on its way. And this has been... I mean, weather-wise, I can't think of... I mean, here we are in Rochester, New York. We haven't had a shit stretch of weather in how long? Like, how long? Like, it's like it's almost like the gods are shining upon us, literally and figuratively, of like, hey, you guys have had a really shitty year in Rochester. Let's give them three good months, okay? Like, they've, 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 they've asked nicely. They earned it. It's been... Yeah, it's been a good summer. There's no doubt about that. Well, I mean, you know, as it's kind of winding down, where it's like... Starting to realize now as I'm looking through that calendar, I'm going, I literally only have like two days in the next month that I don't know what I'm doing that day, <laughs> which is, hmm. it can be a good thing, can be a bad thing. I don't know what I'm doing any day. Well, you don't, you don't, you don't wake up, you, 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 you fall asleep with a plan, do you don't wake up with a plan? No, I just kind of look down and remind myself of what I have to do that day. <laughs> gotcha. Well, because it seems like, you know, some days you're like, hey, I got to cut this short. I want to wake up to watch the sunrise. I usually... Oh, that's just... I do that. <laughs> but then after that, it's just that's, kind of... Like... That's not a plan. That's just how the day starts. But, so I guess that maybe for you, so... You should look up sun gazing and sun eating. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Is it... Are you, are you one of those people that thinks you can live off the sun? I don't know. Is that? I don't know. Well, because basically, I I'm just, willing to you know spend the time to find out. Because what's the worst that could happen? Well, I just basically know that my brother may or may not have been friends with a guy who may have been you know fallen into some cult out in the West Coast or something like that. And the guy who led it basically just you know, said he lived off of sunlight and his own semen. So I just really don't want you to go down that road. I don't know where he got the semen from. Oh, um, he got it from um, he got it from himself. <laughs> but there's there's a guy that uh, in India and they followed him around for like a year and, and documented this. But he said it's been like thirty years where the only thing he consumed was water. That's it. And he said he lived off the sunlight. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they followed him for a year, but he said it had been like thirty. Well, I mean, you're making it a year. Why would you? Why would it stop at thirty? You know, like or why would? Oh, well, so the. Uh, let's call it the occult theory of it is that you know sunlight is the origination of everything right like even the molecules of our body come from exploding stars it's the only place in the universe that iron is produced right and that's a you know um, vital part of what gets transported in our blood um, so we're all stars right um, we're made of stardust literally Um, And sunlight is what feeds all life, right? It got transmuted from the light through the, you know, eventually there was this single-celled organism that could perform photosynthesis, and it, you know, got absorbed by every form of plant life, and it creates oxygen, and, you know, then there was a life that ate the plants, and then there was life that ate the meat, and, you know, now there's us, right? But it all originates from the sunlight. So the theory is that our eyes have the ability to directly take in that energy and over time um, we can actually be sustained off the energy that comes in through the light's rays uh, and have the ability to process that and you know function from that rather than having to break down and physically digest food for energy. So I use always kind of I always have to bring things back to the joke well but it was actually it was a bit and again as I was going with George Carlin was a performer of essays but he actually wrote in one of his books that he was talking about how he worships the sun. Mm-hmm. 
where he was like, you know, I was like, I don't believe in God. I believe in the sun. And his first thing is he makes obviously had to be an asshole. He's going, well, first off, I can see the sun. That kind of helps my credibility a little bit. And he's like, second, the sun gives me everything I need. So he's like, why would I not make the sun my God? Yeah. Well, and so there's there's this interesting thing where um, it's got a lot in common, and it's some of the oldest traditions, and it, it talks about the sun, right? And like the son of God um, on earth is is actually also like a son um, in the solar sense, right? Um, because every single one of us is the center of our own universe because our world is built within our heads by our brain based on the sense data that we take in around us, right? And so we are always the center of everything we perceive, right? And everything revolves around us. Um, and uh, so we are supposed to be like a sun and just give to that which is around us. And that's what it meant to be a son of God before Christ came. And that's what it meant to be a son of God. But that's kind of a little bit contradictory to what, you know, like last week when we talked with Jason is that his idea of surrendering to the higher power was accepting that you are not in the center of the universe. You're just a part of it. Well, but so you have to understand, like, to say to be the sun, right? The sun doesn't do anything for its own accord. It's the center, and it just gives and gives and gives to everything around it and never asks for anything in return. It holds everything in place. It allows everything to exist, right? It's because of how far we are from the sun, and that's held by our gravitational pulls. We, the light um, from the sun and the heat from the sun is what allows life to exist on the planet in the way that it does, right? And so you are to be just like a sun. You are the center of the universe, and you're supposed to do just like the sun does, which is to just give freely however you can in spirit, in kindness, in generosity, in charity. Charity is an important word. Um, to all around you, just like the sun does, right? And in the Taoist tradition, it talks about how... Um, you know, the rain falls on the just and the unjust equally, right? Um, nature does not discriminate. It just does what it does. So I guess I would try to, this is, I'm not trying to infer anything this one. I just want to know how you would respond to the statements, at least, you know, using the science of the sun is that in the wintertime, when we're at our coldest, we are actually closest to the sun. It's just that we're not at the proper angle from the sun. So I guess what it means is that how is it almost that the closer you are to this thing, the less it helps you out? It's not that it doesn't help you out. It like helps you out all, less. That's all necessary. Like that's needed for the land. Right? That allows the land to rest. And that's a needed thing. If people just constantly cultivated the land, it dies. Right? They And, and in the Bible, uh, in the Old Testament, they were told that they should divide their lots into seven and rotate and one of them should not be used every seven years so that the land can rest because they lived in an area where they didn't have a real winter like that um you know but naturally that's that's what it is oh i remember learning that about like like during like uh not revolutionary time what was the whole uh what was that period of history between the uh uh the renaissance that was one of the big things that came out then is where like they started most times a lot of farmers then used to have their land divided in half, and they would grow in half, and then, then they would, you know, go to the other half. And then they had this revelation going, what if we did it thirds, and we used two-thirds, and we constantly rotated which third wasn't going to be used, and stuff like that. I never heard about the seven part coming from the Bible, but I would think given, you know, or have from the biblical times, but I would think that given the power that, you know, the Bible had on things, that that would have been more common thought, or with everyone was big rebels. It's said that the guy um, who wrote these things called the Emerald Tablets, who talked about that, you know, um, being like the sun, uh, was a contemporary of Abraham, which is the founder of, you know, basically, uh, he's the father of Judaism, right? He wasn't the guy that freed all the slaves? No, that was Moses. I was thinking about Abraham Lincoln, that was a, jo oh. was a joke. Trying oh. trying to lighten this one up, okay, it started off a little heavy. Different you know? slaves. <laughs> this is heavy? I, uh, I mean, this it's a, pretty light. It's, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's shining some light upon us, no pun intended, see what I did there, huh? But, you know, um, I don't know, something a little different, but I wasn't really, <laughs> the, the beauty of me doing the show, the beauty for anyone that listens to this is you really have no idea where the hell anything's going. <laughs> that's, that's true. Mm -hmm. But, uh, so yeah, so no, I mean, I'm just kind of looking at that as like, you know, like I'm looking at my summer kind of coming to an end a little bit and 
kind of realizing that the things that would be there after summer are not going to be there as much. So, for example, you grew up in the South. You know damn well how much football means to people in the South, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, but like... The football f- means a lot to people up here, too. Well, in the, 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 South, the, the Southeastern Conference, the SEC world, like the fact that it's really just coming out right now recently is that, you know, college football is not happening this year. <laughs> it's really going to be a thing, and it's kind of, you know, that's usually okay. That's when the, you know... S- the transition of okay, fall Saturdays become okay. Let's hang out inside and watch all this. And now it's going to be it's going to be a good thing. It's going to find me much like how quarantine found me to make more productive uses of my time. I guess is that okay now rather than sitting there hanging hanging out and just gambling on football all day. What are you going to do to fulfill your day? You know, we don't know. But I know I'm setting myself in a much better place to do these things. I guess I would say. Yep. Mm-hmm. But uh. I don't know. It's going to be, uh, I mean, it's it's still just kind of where the, the idea of even planning still is that we're still in such a very uncertain, you know, I mean, as it is right now, if you, you, I'm sure you were happy to hear that the, the schools have gotten the okay to open up here and in the fine state of New York. Well, this one is still saying it's going to be two days a week. And now his mother says that she doesn't want to send him to school because if the child has a fever at all, they're going to make him and his entire family go through COVID testing. And her thing is every kid's going to get sick anyway because they've been quarantined away from other kids and from any other, you know, germs. So they've had, like, no exposure to anything for six months, right? So she doesn't want to have to put him through that, plus wearing a mask for eight hours a day while he's there. Um, So I don't know what's going to happen. This was one that just kind of, I mean, that actually sounds like rational thinking, which is kind of crazy, you know, because I just have seen such, this is just one of that I, I've been very good about, despite the fact that, you know, have taken the chains off, you know, where I'm on social media and whatnot, but I'm not on there. I'm not, I don't have enough time to be on there right now. But every now and again, I have that weak moment in the bathroom. Not that weak moments, but this, you know, where I'm sitting there and I go, ah, I'm bored. Not the midnight or 6 a.m. moment? No, that was... (laughs) That's a different. We'll address that one later, but uh, so where I'll do the scroll thing. The other day, I saw that people. It was students at the University of Georgia that engaged in this mass protest where they all like laid down on the campus, holding up signs that appeared to be headstones or whatever like that, hmm. and basically we're talking about how it's so unjust that they're being they're not being forced to go back to school okay they are being offered online courses and nobody makes you go to college in the first place and they were basically someone was applauding them for using all their reasoning and critical thinking skills and whatnot you know to come up with a sign of protest and going so what you're saying to me is that you are arguing about why you don't want to be on a campus by going on the campus so (laughs) jordan peterson's argument is that the problem is that um the universities are infected with people who just teach children um, that don't know how to handle their own lives, uh, that they should just rebel against the system when they disagree with it and fight to overturn it, right? So these idiots who can't figure out how to do anything for themselves yet think that they should tell people who have succeeded in life how things should be done, and that's not how it works, right? Uh, the world, unfortunately, does not revolve around you, though we are the center of our own universe. Um, and sometimes people need to realize that you should shut the fuck up, stop bitching, and let's work towards a solution together, right? You, you can't bitch and work towards a solution with the counterpart, right? Because it's in everybody's best interest to find a, a win-win solution. But you can't do that if you turn it into a battle. So, and I have this one, and I had this in a particular interaction I did today at work, but remember the old expression that a good compromise is when everyone walks away unhappy? I don't agree with that. At least, okay, that's what, that's what, but that's what compromise means, is that you gave something up that you didn't want to give up. But if it's okay, it's like... I mean, like, so, if, okay, if it's a matter of I that... I feel like compromise is just anything other than what I originally intended, but it doesn't mean it could end up being better 
Right, but as I'm kind of going on is that in that side is that one side is not willing to give anything. They just want to take everything. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, they're not, like... Well, that's not being like the sun, right? That's being a vortex. That's being a black hole. You fucking succubus. Be like the sun. Give out. What can you do to help make the situation better, right? And if both sides were doing that, everybody wins. But the thing Ask is... the other side, what can I do? But that's where I think now that's a very, very powerful, and this is good on that one, is that I think a lot of people think that they're being the sun when they're actually being the vortex. More than likely. In yeah. more cases. Well, this, this country is very different than the country that uh, was sparked alive when John Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country, right? Right. We live in a world where everybody just wants something for nothing, right? Listen to the Ed and Sco show. Well, I'm just trying to be like everybody. If you can get a buck for nothing, you're going to do it. <laughs> go fuck yourself. I don't. I don't believe in that. Um, I, I feel like... Did you just tell that to go fuck himself? <laughs> on that statement, yes. <laughs> I mean, but, um, but I think he was also being a bit facetious with that statement. No, I don't think he was. I think Ed is absolutely 100% with that. And because that is the American way. He's not wrong. I just disagree with it. Right. But you just don't play ball. That's what you're. That's what Correct. you're. That's what you're giving. You know. Back. I'm just genuine and honest, right? I'll tell you to go fuck yourself, right? And <laughs> I'll do it in the nicest way possible, and I'll say sorry, goodbye, and, and just walk away. Um, and I have no problem doing that, right? Because you do your thing, and I don't have to tolerate it. Not in my world. No, I mean that's uh, that is power that knows being like so what they can give, and honestly, that was something that. Uh, with Rick, when we talked with him, is that he was able to give his way out uh, into into better circumstances. So no, that is something to be taken out of that one. I guess that I'm just being a vortex now because I'm just taking for myself. But guess what? I mean, I don't think I'm. You're talking about the material things. I kind of look at those as our clothes, right? Like we're not really the body; we're the whole experience. And those are just the clothes of our experience. You got a new apartment, right? You put on a new shirt. You got a new car. You put on some new pants. Right? Um, the material stuff doesn't really matter, and that's not being a vortex, right? Because those are things you need, you gotta use them. The thing was coming up with the car anyway. Fuck it. Well, Feel the biggest. Good about that shit. There's no reason not to. I eliminated a lot of stress in my life very quickly yeah, with that. Yeah, man, that's, that's all positive. Like, you don't have to feel remorse for doing positive things for yourself because you had to do something with the car and it turned out beneficial to, you know, make an upgrade. And my, my thing has always been upgrade out of need, not out of greed. And that's what you did. So it don't was, feel bad about that shit. It was a little bit of both. And honestly, like, that's the whole thing is that, like, I guess I at least enjoyed it because, again, like, you know, as we constantly mentioned, you and I work in a sales environment. It felt really good to be the customer for the cha- for a change, if that makes any sense. Like, it does. I liked... When you've got somebody that cares about what they're doing. I liked the fact of that, again, the person, he did not sell me. He did not discourage me from buying, was basically the best way I could put it, because I was the one that actually made the... Questions of going, hey, what about if I want to buy this thing? Mm-hmm. And he was like, um, I basically like, yeah, I slow played you. Is what I'm thinking. I'm like, I basically told you I was here to get some information. I came in there as a thinker, and I left out of there as a performer. All right, everybody, welcome back to Sound and Logic. I forgot what we were talking about before we took that little break. There, we were just kind of ranting and raving like we usually do, but very, very successful transactions took place here. I'm actually just one of those things where if you don't ever talk about things, things never get fixed. Apparently. I mentioned how I needed a pair of, I sucked that I had Galaxy Buds I really liked and I needed some AirPods and wow, randomly James needed AirPods or needed Galaxy Buds and I needed AirPods. So just made a smooth little transition so now I can utilize my new Apple Watch, my new Apple, you know, my new Apple phone and I'm just, uh, just again, just a new man one thing at a time here. Um, also right now, I'm drinking a Bud Light to go back to my roots a little bit. Drinking a Bud Light during this podcast and not a White Claw because, well, I did buy a car this week, as I was just talking with you about, and the expenses are going up in that a little bit. And then, you know, once you buy something that costs a couple thousand dollars, you can buy yourself an Apple Watch that costs a couple hundred dollars because, you know, hey, let's remind yourself why you work. Or some people like to use their the red dot, as we call it. They like to have something in their future they're looking at. I like enjoying what's around me. I want to keep this all around me. That's my red dot, is to keep this up you know and it only, it only gets to be better things it's always you know keeping the 
upward climb, not doing that flat line that hoping to just jump up all the time. You know what I mean? That's what a lot of people try to do, I feel like. I don't know. I'm of the mindset where you shouldn't choose what you want. You should choose your struggles, right? Choose the thing you love to struggle through. And then you'll have whatever comes from that and, you know, enjoy the fruits of what you love to struggle for. So, okay, so this may be a little more of an advancement of, uh, again, Vince Nance's thing with about how people will want to put themselves back being comfortable. Bless you. And thank you. Sometimes the really level of being comfortable is to be broke again. But what if you make it where you're not broke as far as like you know, so you're like you know on, on hard times it's just that okay I have all the stuff around me mm-hmm. I need to keep working hard to be able to keep all the stuff around me well yeah I mean life is work where I mean we know that the future is coming um, but you don't focus on that but you always do the best you can right now so you have the best that you can tomorrow so like again if I was to look at where it's like Okay, if I was to have the lower pay payment on a car, you know what I'm gonna do with that extra money? Probably nothing. Kind of blow it, up, you know, at the it's bar. Not enough money to make a difference. No, but it's just one you of know, those things where I'll have that extra drink or two every night at the bar. You know, I'll order that round of shots type thing, and that's my equal thing. <clears throat> now, well, I added that payment up there, so if I want to keep doing that, I gotta either work hard. We're afraid now. What I gotta do is I gotta sacrifice some expenses because uh, okay, we gotta trade this for that. So. I was doing this whole thing where I was buying 12 packs of White Claws, which are about $17. And I'm like, well, now I'm buying, I realized that, okay, you can buy the eight pack of 16 ounce Bud Lights, which basically have the same alcohol. It's basically the same amount of alcohol you're buying and it costs half as much. Well, guess what? Well, you know, the, the, the Bud Lights don't go down as easy as the, the White Claws do. I mean, I do like the taste of beer, but the White Claws kind of, you know, you can very, very innocently just, just drink one and then just go about your day. Yeah, Bud Light's a little bit different with 16 ounces, so it's kind of, again, I just off of that transaction alone cut my spending in half of the day. So if I did that every day for the rest of the month, or at least in my usual buying schedule, I've made up my car payment. What's the difference in the caloric intake? But that's where the other thing's going to be, is I need to set a weight parameter, because, okay, well, the reason I started doing the white cloth thing before was because there was less calories in them. This has got, let's see... Um, 220? 250? No, this one has got... 110 per 12 ounces, so it's got about 150 in a can versus 100. So, I'm fifty dollars, fifty cents more, but I only, I get eight of these and I get 12 of those. So 1,200, you know, I'm, I'm actually, you know, right. about 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 breaking even. It's just many different ways. As I like to say, a, a term, you know, there's certain terms that I've used all the time that I realize that okay, you really probably shouldn't say those anymore. And one that I love to say all the time is there's many different ways to skin a cat, like. It's really a base that there's many different ways to grandmother's house, but obviously I have to say it worse. But now, really, the idea of skinning cats, like, you know, that used to be a very innocent expression to me. Now it's probably not so cool anymore. Yeah, yeah. We don't live on the prairie anymore. We're not making caps for the winter. We don't We do not do those things. Now, if you skin a cat, you're the kid that wandered off in the woods and hid from everybody and then watched them when you were done. Um, <laughs> Jesus. I saw that movie a couple times. Which what? What was that? I don't know. There were a few of them. It was always the little brother. He would run off in the woods, and he was usually killing squirrels. Yeah, I mean, well, I feel like there were a couple movies like that. Yeah, I mean, that's always the kind of thing. I mean, they they do always say one of the biggest indicators is for those sort of people is you know violence towards animals as a kid. And I was somebody who, as a kid, one time shot a bird and never felt worse in my entire life. Mm. And that's the as well. I mean, like you know. That bird didn't do anything wrong, but if that, that bird touched a kid, maybe I wouldn't have felt so bad about shooting it. Well, that's an interesting thought, because I was a very violent kid, but I always got along very well with animals. Mm, I mean, no, I just, I mean, that's like the thing I've just never understood. Like, I, even when I raise my voice at a dog that is bothering me, I feel terrible. Oh, I don't. I mean, there's a, a time and a place. I, I, I use that stuff intentionally, not, you know reactively like I'm not a slave to my emotion using that type of stuff I, I use it intentionally to an end well so in the case of animals I mean again we're all animals in the sense we all are controlled by our emotions but as human beings we're actually smart enough to comprehend our own emotions kind of thing whereas like a dog you know is so excited to see you and jumps up on you and doesn't realize oh this guy's upset because he's wearing a white shirt and I have dirty paws and I just jumped all over him like well that's why you have to make it every time like the dog doesn't jump on me 
the dog comes and, and I would love to give you some attention, but do not jump on me. You do not get it until you stop jumping. But on then me. I guess it's why is he more upset this time than the other times? <laughs> like, you know, this is what oh, happens. It never gets to that time, right? Yes. Because you, you stop it, right? And you know it's coming, right? So the hand is down and the dog never gets up on me. And down. Good. And then you start petting them and you give them the love that they want. They try to jump up on down. Give them the love again. Tell them when they're doing good and tell them when they're needing to do something else. Gotcha. Well, you, you, you do deal with kids, so I guess this is kind of part of your wheelhouse. But, uh, yeah, so that's another little slight change here. You know, I kind of uh, really looking forward to getting up tomorrow and actually going for a run because I was incredibly active last Wednesday, which means I'm now just finally done being sore, which is amazing. But, uh, again, half the Apple Watch, which I really do like is, you know, you get, like, other indicators on here where it's now it's like I can I've always wondered during certain sporting events or just certain times when I get angry exactly how much damage I'm doing to my body to an extent of now I can monitor my heart rate very very easily and I've come to find like you know today again posted I have a very very low I'm actually basically a relaxed guy I guess when I just don't let the shit bother me so it's a matter of not letting the shit bother me I guess Okay. Well, I mean, so, again, like, we're back now, or one of my big fears, and, and obviously it's made my life a lot easier in this regard, but baseball season being back. Okay, well, was I going to start falling into the, the old drinking, gambling, sports, my unholy trinity as I start finding it as? Well, I got kind of spared in this one. Maybe the guy up there, or, you know, the son, whoever it is, was looking out for me because the entire St. Louis Cardinals team has COVID, so they have been playing baseball, so I don't get stressed out about that. And then... uh you know, I really don't even have the time to like. I I like put on like a couple like twenty dollar bets on games, and I've just really just not even cared to pay attention to. So I'm like, eh, whether you've watched the game or not, if you check the score at the end, it's gonna be the same result, which is kind of make you know losing the feeling of having that you know uncertainty. I guess you'll call it. it's like. I mean, there's the again when we talked about like when you let yourself go or the idea of like. You're most excited when you like you like you talked about how when you get drunk you'd be out of control you know kind of thing like that where you let yourself go you got to be where you blacked out you weren't even James Clark Ling anymore um, for Vince's case when he was at that table the fact that okay when I put this hundred dollars on this table for someone who seems to be in so control of everything I have no control of what's happening right now and that's the thing you desire I'm kind of really not missing that too much I kind of feel a little bit I like I like the idea of being in control of things right now a little more. <laughs> Well, I think the point is where, and, and if you ever take the time to listen to Jordan Peterson, you know, this is his whole basis, more or less. Um, we're all based in the known and the unknown, right? Um, but we want to engage the unknown in a known way. Um, so we need to find a way to do that through life rather than through destructive habits, right? Because I'm getting blackout drunk because I know I do cool shit or, you know, when I was... 21, 22, 23 years old, um, and you know I knew I was never brave enough to be that type of person sober, um, right? And you're using the gambling example. There's the uncertainty of what's going to happen, um, but that's something we all do naturally, and we all have to do. So we need to figure out how to apply that towards life. There's the known and the unknown, and you constantly need to be one foot in both of them. Yeah, I mean, there is, I mean, ultimately, I guess the thing is you need to be calculated with it because, I mean, there are the times exactly that you do right. it because, yeah. so as I... But it needs to be for life, not for fucking gambling. Well, I mean, there's a point of that. If, I mean, again, if you're making an investment, you know, I mean, which is in some, yeah, in some cases... Yeah, but if you took all of that and you applied it to something that could compound on itself, like your fucking career... Right, but I'm just saying, okay, so... And if your trajectory you, through life. Okay, so if you look at a stock tip and a betting tip are no different... I'm not talking about doing it with socks. I'm talking about yourself and the path that you're on and the way that you set yourself up, right? So if you've got a trajectory right now that's based like this and you can incrementally make it, you know, shift to aim like that well, because you're constantly um, taking all that reasoning and logic and instead of putting it on one-time situations, you're putting it on something that stacks. Well, it's going to have a larger accumulative return over time. That's kind of what I think I was actually getting at inadvertently and doing with the the buying of the, the I don't want to say overextending myself but the buying of the car that I have to spend more on is that we're going to be okay well now my way of dealing with this added X you know wanted to keep what's around me going on 
is I have to work that much harder. I have to do that much more. I like to think that if I put any work into what I do, the natural talents that I have will be rewarded exponentially of that. So, okay, so I need to make an extra $150 a month right now. Okay, well, that's nothing in our fucking gig, okay? If I actually put in any effort more towards that, it should be $1,500 more. So guess what? I'm meeting the one goal and the other. I'm just arriving at it, and I'm skinning the cat a different way than you are. Kind of, I would go with that um, to an extent. Um, in that, you know, like, it's causing me right now to... I think the fact that I'm actually separating the two entities of church and state, we'll call it, work and home, because they literally are separated now, where the biggest thing I have going right now is that commute, that actual time where I get to separate the two to transition one, versus <coughs> I can't imagine the stress of people who work at home right now, because you're literally now, again, and there's the two ways of looking at it. Some people say you're working at home, other people say you're living at work now. Well, I guess it depends on the person, and you could go about it either way. So I guess that, like, you know, when the reason, like, you know, I would say before that, yeah, the, 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 the dream, you know, the, the house, the family, and stuff like that, you would go to work and you would, you know, wonder why you do this, and then every day when you went home, you'd be reminded why you do this. Now you don't even get the chance. I mean, it's... it's on its base form, the optics have not changed. Now I'm just sitting in this place and I'm just stressed out and I don't even want to be here anymore because I just look at that like, you know, I mean, to an extent of that, you now associate, why am I doing this? Like, you know. I don't know, man. My goal is to get into a job to where I can just do what I want and I wake up every day excited to do it because that's my life's purpose and I know what that is and I'm working towards it. Um, I don't want to get up and go do a job that I don't like and go home to be reminded why I do it. That's actually, it, it's impossible for me to maintain that. I can do it well for a few months at a time, but I can't maintain it. I always get miserable and it creates a, a horrible cycle that destroys my life. Yeah, that's pretty much, uh, it sounds like a bit about what I've been on. Yours, yours are just probably a little bit more, mm -hmm. mine are a little more volatile, I'd say, than yours potentially. <laughs> Well, from the ashes, we always rise, right? We are the phoenix. Um, that's what the metaphor is. So um, I've been able to rise higher than ever with that realization from the last destruction. So I'm good with it, man. The world is perfect and everything unfolds as it should. You just got to accept that shit and use it to your advantage. The only thing in the world that can ever stop us is doubt. I kind of, I would love actually for you to actually just put the that in a Facebook status right now and just say the world is perfect and just, just want to see I, I want to just see for my own research purposes to see what would happen in the comments section of that one and then because I go on as you're just seeing what you want to see always that's like you know and people I think yeah. they, they really are showing that they do want to see the worst of, of everything and I'm like that's where I've been going on now is that I mostly have been forced through the circumstances to live in the real world and the real world is not a bad place as I go on like Again, I played ba I played basketball the other day, and I'm, I'm basically the only white guy in my neighborhood. I fucking love that, by the way. I literally, like, enjoy that, okay, it's like, hey, just going to the basketball courts. Hey, how's it going? I'm Ryan. I'm new to the neighborhood. What's your name? Oh, okay, wow. I'm being nice to you. You're being nice to me. Isn't this cool? <laughs> Wouldn't this have sucked if we just sat on the opposite ends of the basketball courts, and you just assumed all the worst things about me, and I just assumed all the worst things about you? Like, well... I'll say that I absolutely don't assume the worst things about anybody, um, and regardless of who it is on the opposite end, I don't intrude on people's lives. Like I don't, I don't impose in, in people's experience. Right? If they want to talk to me, I'm willing, but I don't introduce myself. I don't start playing with people. I, I'll go do my own thing on the opposite end of the course, and it's no hard feelings. I'm just not open like that. Well, I am. That's why you know. Yeah, but, yeah. I'm but, again, saying, but, but 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 you said something about you know, wouldn't it be horrible if we did this, right? But that can happen without it being ill intent. We don't have to look at everything as ill intent. Well, so okay, like as I would say in this regard of that, as I mentioned before, like it's it's way and you're know, like with the throwing a baseball and catching it, so like that. So if it's like, it's almost to the extent of that. If I was just somewhere throwing a baseball and someone was just over somewhere catching a baseball which is kind of hard to do without getting it but you know like wouldn't it be you know who makes the first statement someone has to make the first statement someone has to put that energy kind of back when we were talking with the trade talk about you know 
how do we get the two negative is equal to positive thing? That somebody has to combine the two or that someone has to make the first step. And guess what? If half the world is Ryan Schofield and half the world is James Clark Ling, eventually Ryan Schofield goes over to James Clark Ling and introduces himself. And then, okay, oh, here, want me to pass this ball to you while you shoot it? Here, let me catch your miss and pass it back to you so you can do it again. And then you can do the same for me, like kind of, which is, okay, we're in verb in a verbal sense, doing that right now with, hey, let me do a lot of talking, but then you can talk back to me. I'll let you talk like maybe 25% of the time. Does that sound like a deal? <laughs> so what happens when you have two or three Ryan Schofields get together who all want to put out more than they take in? And now you've got those forces butting heads, right? And when 50% of the world is that way, it, it gets to be a little difficult. So it's much better if everybody kind of just wanted to talk, you know, 15, 20, 25% of the time so that, you know, four or five people could get together and that would equal the 100% of the time. Well, what happens to that one is that efficiency is pretty, you know, you have to be, the weak, the weak die young and the strong get stronger. So you earn, you maybe start the 20% thing, but guess what? Now you're going to be a lot more efficient and competition's always great for the consumer where if, if it's a bunch of Ryan Schofields there, well, guess what? It's less fluff and more punchlines and it's just going to be punchline after punchline and it's a, it's a fucking ball-breaking fest and I love every second of it and I can't wait for it next week at my buddy's bachelor party. Fair enough. Because <laughs> it's one of those ones where, again, it's like, I, trust me, I'm friends with other, other Ryan Schofields. It is, it is a fun time when you have a bunch of people that want to be the center of attention that are all only that are all only the only attention they're getting is the other people around them who want everyone who wants their attention so it becomes a cock showing contest yes <laughs> and, but but in a in a in a fun way well that's because everybody gets along so that's a good thing well everyone should just get along anyways you know until they have reasons to not get along don't just not get along for no reason well i mean even when you have reasons not to you should there's no reason not to be nice just remove them from your experience that's all Mm. Well, I think we're going to wrap up segment two here, and we'll get into segment three in just a little bit. Yeah, so, and I don't even know how to feel about that, because, uh, well, this is the times we live in, so as I was just saying to James, uh, I'm a graduate of SUNY Brockport, and Kanye West today was cited wearing a Brockport hoodie. And I don't even know how to feel about that as an alumni. Like, do I want, like, you know, like, I, I want to, first off, why does out of all the random small universities in America, he's wearing that one. But then I found immediately that was hilarious is that um, SUNY Brockport had to come out and say that they, or it's, sorry, it's the college at Brockport now, that's a sore subject with me. But they, uh, they had to say that they do not in any way, shape or form condone or agree with any of his political <laughs> thoughts and statements. They just are happy that he was wearing one of their hoodies. Like, that's how bad it is, where if a celebrity who just quite frankly just a fucking idiot but because he has a public forum where you had to okay if a celebrity's wearing your small rinky dink college's stuff in New York you probably want to say hey cool good for us and then he had to say oh yeah by the way we don't align with any of his political thinking like shouldn't that be you know universal for anybody by the way like okay I, can, I have Brockport stuff if I wear that do you make it a point to say by the way we don't agree with anything this guy says well but we've convoluted our perception because we've paid so many people to associate themselves with brands right so now anytime we see somebody with a brand that kind of subliminally happens because endorsements and shit, right? So that's part of the culture. And yeah, they might need to make that statement. Which is, I mean, like... Unfortunately, it's a product of the world we live in. Well, because, I mean, like, this is like, you know, when the came out, did you watch the Jordan documentary? The what? The Michael Jordan documentary. So they had one with him where they always, people always criticized him for not, you know, speaking, you know, using his platform to be more political and his thing is he said he was like they asked You're him a fucking one, basketball player they asked him one time he was going hey Republicans buy sneakers too that was that was the most he said is that like I don't want to piss these people off I'm not off. mad at him for selling sneakers do your thing bro yeah. you're not a, a politician right if you want to retire and then you want to put effort and time into that then by all means do that but um, while you're playing basketball play fucking basketball that's absolutely right well I mean I don't it's I go on with this all the time where it's like, okay, LeBron James is this very, very, you know, influential person. But I go, it's really not a good one. He Like, why do you want to listen with this guy who literally has not lived the same life as anybody else? Like, like he's not educated whatsoever, and his experiences are all just... Uh, like. I don't know if that's a true statement. Um, and he wants to do well, and it seems like he puts effort into it, and it seems like he's genuine with it. So I respect that... 
he genuinely does it. I don't think it should be expected, though. If he wants to, by all means. I, I don't think that you shouldn't do it. But He wants to do well, but I just don't know where you have no foundation of knowledge in these areas. Like, you know, like... I mean, he did grow up that way. Right. I mean, like, he... He saw things around him, but ultimately he was. I mean, when you're 16 years old and you're able to, and you're and you're able to get a Humvee because okay, a bank is willing to give you a loan based on your future future earning potentials. You're not living the same life as anybody else, and ultimately you play when you're a star like him. It became probably around like 13 or so. He started living it by a different set of rules. Yes, he had to get to that point and get there, but. As far as when now it goes on with like world issues and stuff, like they wanted to make him the head of the players association, like the union. And it's like, okay, why don't you have that be one of the guys who sits on the bench that went to four years of college? Well, like, you know, maybe because the let's call it the knowledge that somebody accumulates is not necessarily as important as the wisdom of how to accurately look at and discern the situation and maybe he's demonstrated that through his actions and maybe the people around him have given him a great deal of respect because he shows discernment and wisdom based on circumstance rather than accumulated knowledge and preconception so here's what i always say is when somebody means well and I, I, there's a lot of people i know that mean well but unfortunately, through lack of understanding, their execution of their intentions is horrible. But do you know that to be the case for him? Or do you know that the I would say for an example, For an example, it would be just with him as one that in, was when he left Cleveland to go to Miami the first time. Okay. Like, okay. What's that got to do with anything like that? That's just a, a basketball decision. No, that wasn't the basketball decision. It was the way he did it was when he had the national press conference mm-hmm. where he effectively broke up with the city of Cleveland yep. and then went on and then... He made a lot of money doing it. And then went on and then had this... They had a... Where they signed for the freaking contracts, they had a parade as if they won an NBA title and they went out there and predicted they were going to win eight NBA titles together and they won two. Like... It's just like, okay, I get, like, you're trying to do this whole thing. It's like, you got a lot of people that, you pissed off a lot of people in the process of that. It's like, That's okay. What's that got to do with, you know, he's started schools, like, fantastic technical schools um, in, in his hometown. And, and you know what he did with that one? He provided money and gave it to people that knew what they were fucking talking about. He didn't design his own school. He gave people, hey, I want to do this good thing. Can you please do this good thing for me? He still decided what to do, and he still knew who to call to make it happen, right? It's not always the guy who can do it. It's the guy who knows what needs to be done and who to call to get it done. I don't know how to do everything, but I can get everything done. Oh, 100%. I like to think I'm the same way. I don't, it's not what I know. It's who I know. Yeah. So it's the person who knows best what should be done, not necessarily how to do it. But he... And I feel like... That is a rare skill. Not he everybody has made some very, very horribly informed statements concerning certain things politically. I'll just leave it at that. Well, I don't know any of that because I don't follow politics because it's all bullshit. It's not a date system and a waste of my attention. Well, again, when again, like where you know there was a whole issue with uh, something that happened with an NBA owner in China. We'll just say, and it's like, hey, listen, you have nothing bad to say about China because it's a lot of money they put in your pockets. But you know, like. <laughs> I don't know. I'll just leave it at that one. Man, China puts a lot of money in a lot of people's pockets. Did you know that if, um, uh, let's see, if Walmart was a country, it would be China's fourth largest trading partner? Yeah. Oh, I mean, well, Walmart's a, that's a whole other evil realm altogether of some of the ways that, that they can, uh, they can basically just run you out of business if they don't like you as far as, yeah, as you're yeah. a manufacturer. Um, I remember actually uh, studying that about the company Rubbermaid, how they basically were telling them that they were going to have to sell, they were going to have to sell stuff at Walmart at a loss, hmm. and more or less. And then they said, "Well, why, why would we do that? Because well, if you don't carry us there, then where else are you going to sell your stuff?" <laughs> it kind of was like the gist of it. Like wow. they had that, they had that kind of power and stuff. That's uh, so. Then why would you stay in business? What's that? Why would anybody stay in business? Um, just because you can just kind of. <laughs> what else are you gonna do? You can't just blow the whole thing up, I guess. You gotta just you die a slow death, <laughs> kind of. I don't know, man. 
well, I guess you find a way to become more efficient and profitable. Well, I mean, that's that's what, well, this, you know what this reminds Innovation. me of? You know what this reminds me of? Well, it kind of reminds me of Mafia Shakedown type shit. Like, you know, one of the movies I love watching, which we were just mentioning, a guy who we hope on having a guest is that, you know, like, in the movie The Departed, have you ever seen? Oh, I love that movie. They're shaking down the one guy, and he was like, he's going, oh, if I pay you, I don't have money to make anything. He's like, well, he's like, this is America. Make some more fucking money. Like, you know? That's always been my philosophy. Don't worry about how to save money. Worry about how to make more. Well, that's always one of my favorite quotes I always got. I was the Adam Carolla one where he says, too many people are trying to save a nickel rather than make a buck. Yep. That's my thing. Well, it's like, okay, like, you just literally, you know, you just mentioned to me earlier, like, you know, you were like, hey, I got to start looking through coupons and stuff like that. Like, honestly, the fact of that, I can probably just do a lot by just trimming some stuff off, which is great. But now that I'm actually concerned with earning more, so well, if I do both of these, holy shit, how much better am I going to come out on this one? Well, yeah, my thought process was I actually just want to give it attention because I've never really done it, right? Um, since I moved out, I've basically always had a female living with me that took care of that type of stuff and so this is really the first time in my life where I've had to provide for not only myself but now two other individuals Um, and so I feel like looking into it and trying to be conscious and aware of what I'm spending and why sometimes I go to the grocery store and it's $150 and I'm walking out with three bags and other times it's 90 and I'm walking out with six and um then realizing that, oh, I should go to a meat market for meat and I'll get better quality and better prices and I should go to a farmer's market for fruits and vegetables yeah, so and better quality and better prices and I'll be intentional with it. And so I'm just trying to learn and put my attention on it until uh, I can make some good habits about trying to feed myself. And that's the whole thing is building the good habits. That's why I'm feeling so much better is that, you know, about get 10 days ago, two weeks ago, where I was at another cracking point, I was going, listen, I'm... I've worked everywhere from Mansfield, Pennsylvania to Canandaigua, New York, and Albion. I've, I've been existing in this triangle. I'm waking up in three different places on any given day. It's, I don't know where anything is. It's still chaos. And now it's like, oh, got some semblance of normalcy, and I have started to build these habits. So on these days, you do this. You know, it's kind of like, again, I was with the podcast. I'm like, I literally have in my head knowing that on Mondays and Thursdays, I'm going to record with you. Yep. Um, that's why I was concerned. I don't want you to be more free. Do you free. want to switch to three days a week? Um, maybe not just immediately just yet because I need to kind of I even if the third day is just um, doing like the uh, like listen backs and and publishing. Oh, I could always hang out and chill. I mean, you know yeah. that one, and then maybe we maybe we Facebook Live while we're doing that. You know that maybe that becomes the next. You know, you're gonna you're gonna little behind the scenes creative meeting right now out of us. <laughs> but uh, no, good habits are the better. And like honestly, it's like put it this way getting us to have listeners like right now like I'm not as concerned with the numbers because again people are out living life and stuff like that but the fact of the matter is that people are going to be inside a little more doing things a little more often or then they get into the habit of listening to this show mm-hmm. like with all the content I like to consume I was always finding the hardest times when do I listen to what and now it's like okay I have a drive in the morning well guess what that podcast comes out first thing in the morning listen to that and then I have somebody to listen at night I drive home at night I get that I've now managed to combine just the regular thing of oh this commute is adding to my day no it's actually the vehicle pun intended to what I wanted to be in the first place mm-hmm. we need to start doing descriptions so we need to do a listen back together and, and let me write the description yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean that's always... Well, that's I mean, up to 4,000 characters, so, I mean, we're just putting two two sentences in. So, once upon a time, I used to... Afterwards, I, I used to actually... Once learned how to, rec- you know, do this... Use this whole studio to record myself, and the whole thing was, at the end, I would have to submit my title and my description, and I would usually do it fresh off of there, and I would kind of, like... That's why I usually... The listen back is always the best to get the title because usually I have that one line that stands out, but I usually do like at some point in time when I hear somebody like just going, that's our title. No, I agree with that, but I'm talking about more so for writing a description and even creating links to outside stuff that we talk about, and that's the type of stuff that'll get people pulled into your podcast through search engines. It's all about hashtagging, yeah, because I know that I certainly got, uh, when I became a viral sensation for a little bit there, it was, oh, mostly, it was mostly, no, it was mostly what they did. They creatively they tagged it a very, very specific way where, like, I was showing up in, like, the you know, the related to, like, there was, like, Joe Rogan clips that that video was showing up related, and it's like, well, I can't really think of anything much further, so. Well, I mean, that's, uh... Again, I need to get back to the, uh... Exercise habit, you know, softball is back. That was a, a great relief. You know, we lost our first game, which was very disappointing. I don't know if I mentioned that, but, you know... 
When's the uh, bachelor party? Bachelor party's gonna be next week, and that's gonna be uh, it's 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 gonna be an interesting one because it's how this bachelor party was supposed to go and how it's turned out. You know, mm-hmm. it's just gonna be people making the most of it. I mean, I, I feel terrible. This is a wedding that's the wedding itself might not even happen, or at least it's all been it's all just been planned on the fly, basically. So mm-hmm. we're just happy that we're having the chance to do all this. But I remember hanging out with this buddy of mine. Like, literally, the very, very opening weekend of COVID, I'll call it, where things started getting a little more real, where they were actually at the casino here in Farmington, you know, and then all of a sudden, they started getting the whole occupancy thing where they had to start getting people out of there. And I was hanging out that day and basically was, like, talking. I'm like, wow, like, what happens if this, you know, like, actually becomes a thing or lasts for a while? So with that, you know, you, you thought about your wedding. And my buddy very, very steadfastly said, he's like, I'm getting married on October October 3rd, one way or another. He's like, whether there's people there or not, he's like, that day I become a married man. So as it is right now, like his wedding place is kind of, uh, you know, they are not open back yet or they're backlogged and everything. So luckily his new, his in-laws own a farm. So I guess we're going to possibly be going to that wedding or that's going to be the, the backup plan. And then basically... They're just hoping that the place that gave them their dates, which they would make up their day, they're just like, we're just going to have a cool party that day. No no pressure or anything like that. We got our little deposits on there. And if, if not, then fuck it, you know? Like, which is, I guess, the bigger thing is, you know, to an extent, and I, I love this. Um, you ever seen the movie Risky Business? No. So it's the movie with Tom Cruise where he's, uh, you know, like the high school, like, square that, like, worried that if he fails a test, he's not going to get into college type thing. And then he kind of adapts this whole throughout the circumstances goes sometimes you just gotta say fuck it and make your move and that's kind of you know you gotta calculate that move as we said when taking your risk but you know sometimes you just gotta say fuck it well you always just have to go forward like I said the only thing that can stop you is doubt Um, your doubt and your fears right but you just you always have to move forward that's our only option Um, and so just go confidently well I mean so this is always a a quote that I always uh, it was a guy that hosts a sports radio show but as he said he's like at best you'll be 80% ready for anything you do the other 20% you still have to do on the fly because if you send there like this is like you know thing if you sit there and go hey we're going to wait till we're ready to have kids guess what you'll never have kids what will happen is that you'll have a kid and then you realize shit I got to get ready for this and you'll figure out the the remaining 20% whereas yeah, I actually think that all you can do is just make yourself aware of the situation. I don't try to get ready so much as become knowledgeable about the things that are going to happen and then just allow myself to respond. Well, kids, at least a good thing you have nine months to, you know, kind of figure that out a little bit, I guess. Oh, she bought all the stuff. I didn't know. She I, she did everything. I, I am a lucky man. I didn't worry about a damn thing. <laughs> she was a nester. All I did was show up at the hospital. Did you even do that? For the first one. <laughs> I feel like maybe I, I'm just picturing you um, not saying that you were, you know, you're saying he was a drug guy, but did you ever see Blow when Johnny Depp's about to have his first kid and he just ends up snorting a fucking entire suitcase full of cocaine before he goes there? Well, no, no, definitely not like that. So what happened with the second one, though, is I got home from work at the, the job that I had. It was like one o'clock in the morning. She's like, I need to go to the hospital I'm having this kid. I'm like, all right, let's go. And so somebody comes over, is laying with the other kid, and we go to the hospital, and uh, we're sitting there, and the doctor sends us home, says it's not time yet. So it's 5.30 in the morning at that point. We get home, and she immediately says, no, I'm going back to the hospital. And so the person who was staying with the kid, while I took her to the hospital, decides that they're going to take her back to the hospital, and I laid down with our son. You know, two hours later, somebody's knocking on my door saying your son was just born. <laughs> I mean, it's just like one of those, like, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's irresponsible of me to say or anything like that, but because I don't have kids. But in that regards of that, like, those first couple of minutes aren't really that pleasant, are they? When the kid comes no, out? No, they're absolutely glorious. Are they? Fucking glorious. Yeah, man. That, I think, is the biggest, most beautiful smile I've ever had in my life in the room when my son was born. And then the placenta fell out? I don't know, man. I don't know. I just remember how happy I was. (laughs) I, like, everybody knows the circumstance between me and Nico. Um, But in that moment, I was just dumbstruck, looking, standing in the middle of the room, looking back and forth between him and her, 
with this massive smile on my face, just feeling love for both of them that I've never felt before until she said, go over to, to your son, you idiot. Um, and, and I thanked her for that because I didn't know where to go first, like her for <laughs> making him or him for being here. And, and I'm like, thank you. And so I go over to well, the kid and it was just the most beautiful thing in the world. But like, again, so I guess like I go the other way of that is going like, yeah, your son will never know if you were there or not. <laughs> like, it wasn't for him. Right. But like, well, it's just, it, it's one well, of actually the... Actually, it was. And no, he may ne- never consciously know, but that's irrelevant. It actually absolutely does affect brain development, though. Right? There's, there's kids... Um, there was a time in, I think, like Germany or Russia where like there was a bunch of sluts and it was like really frowned upon. So there was this like massive warehouse of kids that were put up for adoption and they were all taken care of and cared for um, physically, like as far as their needs. But they got no attention, no love um, for the first year of their life. And every one of them was fucked. Yeah. Either mentally fucked or died within the first year. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Love and affection to a baby that's not going to remember it is extremely important. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, if you've ever seen the Batman movie, the penguin just gets left for dead and he turns into a cold. Exactly. Know, <laughs> yeah, no, I remember. That was a great movie. <laughs> oh, that was the Tim Burton, the dark, the dark mm-hmm. variety. Yeah, you would like that a little bit more, I would say. I that mean, was also the one I watched when I was a kid, right? So I always wonder that, if that like, dude, there are certain things that I like more just because I was a kid or did I just like the more because they were better? And I always go with that. I like... Like I love Christian Bale. He played. He played. That's my American favorite Psycho. trilogy. But I'm I like that one. But that's my favorite. I think that's the best done. I like, Christian Bale. I like the very original. I like Michael Keaton, and I, I like. I don't know if I've ever watched those. The very the Timber. Well, you watched the Batman Returns one with the Penguin. So I mean, like. Yeah, it, wasn't that Val Kilmer? No, that was uh, ba- Val Kilmer was Batman Forever. I saw that one too. So the first two was Michael Keaton, and the very first. Yeah, one I saw was, that. Yeah, yeah. With yeah. Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Mm, was that Michael Keaton too? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I saw that one. Um, I would always stand by, I'll fight on that hill that Jack Nicholson was a better joker than Heath Ledger. Mm. It depends on which joker, right? Because both characters have been in the comics reinvented so many times and they were taking on different personas. So I don't think it's fair to um, say one was better than the other because they were playing different characters. Right, so which one was more true to the character they were playing? And I think they both did an amazing job. Yes, um, I preferred one to the other because I preferred the yeah. Joker to be... I prefer Heath Ledger's Joker. I preferred the Joker actually being the actual guy who did have the laughter and the smile that could just turn that switch versus the other one who was ironically the Joker. Yeah, I, I like the, the way that they've modernized it. Um, I mean, did you actually see the actual movie Joker? No. Yet, I think that's, I, truth be told, I was actually one of those ones of that, like, I was not sure, like, for me to invest in watching a movie now, I really need to go through the ringer of my people I trust their taste mm-hmm. of. You know, somebody who, like, tells me, hey, you gotta, like, you gotta check this movie out, I'm going, yeah, but you told me, like, three shitty movies before, so I don't, you're, you're not gonna value this one, but, okay, wait, you told me this, and you're on three good in a row, so I'm gonna go with you on this, and I kind of just went to going, just fuck it, just watch it, man, and it was... Even seeing the like the how it was, I love that you can kind of tell how the movie's going to play out, but you're still blown away that it plays out the way it does. Like I kind of knew within an hour, okay, this is what's really going on. But then because, like a magician, okay, like you know a magician's trying to do a trick to you, but you completely ignore all of the obvious things he's doing by the little distractions he puts out there, and that was exactly what happened in that movie, and. Joaquin Phoenix, I mean, he's, you know, I mean, he's he's a good enough actor that he legitimately trolled everybody. Do you remember the whole thing that he was on late night shows and he was like pretending to be a rapper and like everyone thought he was just all fucked up on drugs and stuff like that, but he was doing this whole persona as a rapper and it turned out he was making a documentary about fucking like, you know, basically fucking with everybody. Like he kind of pulled an alley G, but like, you know, because he had you know been tied to his acting performances he was able to use that to his advantage hmm. um, I don't know I guess also too is that I just always have the problem with with Heath Ledger and Daniel Day-Lewis I guess that I'm just not big on method actors I want people to just act to just act well, so like I mean like I just remember hearing this I forget what movie it was but it's something where you know it was a movie with Dustin Hoffman or something like that 
And the whole thing was, was he was supposed to be sleep deprived mm-hmm. during this one scene. And they would wait for him to go a day without sleep before they'd film it, and they never nailed, they never did it right. Hmm. And then they kept, he kept saying, "Oh, I just I can't remember all this. I'm so tired and stuff like that." And finally, someone on the set was just like, "Why don't you just try acting instead? Why don't you try acting sleep deprived? <laughs> like you know, like that deal where, okay, like Jack Nicholson, like I mean, like one of his best performances ever. Has you ever seen The Shining? Mm-hmm. I watched the behind the scenes footage. It's the most." Misunderstood. I, I still don't know what the movie's about, and I've watched it a hundred times. So disturbing. It's so like there's just so much going on there, and I watched that movie as a fucking kid. Like imagine really not having yeah. and having an idea what's going on, and as an adult, I mean, and as someone who's actually tried to figure out what's going on, I still don't. My stomach thinking about it. I still, it's still, it's still something like that. But he's able to crack jokes off the off on the set of one of the darkest, most disturbing movies ever, and then he's able to play a very convincing psycho i mean like i mean honestly before quarantine i was a movie i watched and it's like that what that's what happened to a lot of people they got fucking locked inside with their family well i think that's the benefit of being a good actor is you learn to be in command of your emotions whereas the other people are just succumbing to being the slave of their emotions right so are you going to be a vortex and let your emotions be your master or are you going to be a son and are you going to decide how to display your emotions well it's like are you going to adapt this like again like i always loved hearing daniel day lewis when he played lincoln apparently stating character the entire time to where he was replying to emails if if he was president lincoln it's like well guess what president lincoln would have never replied to a fucking email so like you're just you're just how about this one be a regular person and then when the, they say lights, camera, action, you turn into that other person. That's I have more respect for that person, not the person who's going, well, if I'm going to be this person, I need to be this person for six weeks. I agree with that. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm just who I am day by day. I just take it. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a living improv. That's what I like to go on. And uh, just Yeah, I hope I don't fit any definitions. Well, we just did another hour of improv here. We... Again, don't do any show prep whatsoever, which for better or worse might show, but uh, we started off with one thing. We went a couple different directions, but this was another episode of the Sound and Logic podcast. Um, so if you do give us feedback, uh, he just mentioned we don't do any show prep, but we could probably start incorporating show prep when we do the review and uh, we do a description. So if you think that might be a good idea for us to start like trending on specific topics um, pertaining to Ryan and his progress, then, uh, you know, let us know. Well, honestly, I would also like the idea of if you just have a question, you want to remain anonymous or anything like that, it'd just be nice maybe to get a random question to see how I would answer and how James would answer it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had somebody, you know, say they were interested in my thoughts on death, so I was happy to share. So, um, reach out. Anyways, I'll be on here. I'm uh, Ryan Schofield on uh, Facebook and SCO525 on Twitter and Instagram. That's SCHO525. And again, we have your wonderful website that launched it all. Oh, yeah, jamesclarkling.com, which is about to get completely revamped. Everything's changing. Everything is changing for the better. Everybody take it easy, and we will be back with you later on this week.